Well, thank you, praise team, for leading us into the presence of the Lord that was uh, beautifully done and wonderful selection of songs. I, I was definitely uh, blessed by that today. Thank you. Well, I don't know about you, but uh, I find that um, I've watched the news and uh, sometimes I kind of just shake my head and wonder what's happening in the world, uh, where we're going, what's, what kind of things are, are taking place. But uh, in the last couple of weeks, we've heard some pretty amazing things, haven't we? I mean, there's been some things on and uh, some news items and, and things that have been happening uh, that have just been kind of amazing. I, I wonder, do you ever uh, stop to think about uh, some of those things and kind of wonder where where are we going? What's what's going on in the world, and where are we we headed? Uh, some of the things are good. Some of the things are kind of crazy, and some we just don't know what's what's happening. Um, but you know, this uh, last couple of weeks we've been watching. If uh, if any of you did, I know we did quite a bit of watching of the Olympics in uh, South Korea. And like any Olympics uh, or any uh, sporting events, there were uh, some successes and some failures. Uh, there were people who came away uh, very excited and thrilled with uh, how it went, and there were those who came away devastated and uh, uh, kind of just uh, crushed, basically, by some of the things uh, that, uh, that happened there. Uh, most of these athletes in any of the uh, sports really spend... Uh, almost their their entire lives up to that point just totally focused on and concentrating on that. That's the the biggest uh, thing in their lives, and they spend all of their time and effort and attention on that. Um, uh, some of them uh, receive medals, and some of them don't. The two that I put up on there were just two of the, the groups that I know that uh, did receive uh, gold medals. Uh, the other one that I was thinking about was the Philadelphia Eagles, who won the Super Bowl. It's the highest level of success for any NFL team. Uh, they uh, went uh, to the Super Bowl as underdogs and came away as victors. And uh, they uh, have now the Lombardi Trophy in their uh, building. And uh, many of them probably walk in and People in Philadelphia walk in and bow down before it uh, because it's such a, a big deal in some communities. This past week, uh, Ann and I uh, read in the paper uh, about Mike Illich. Uh, his uh, son, Ron, on the right, um, passed away this past uh, week. Um, Ron Illich, uh, or uh, Mike, uh, Michael Illich, uh, has, uh, had accumulated in his life a little over $6 billion uh, financially. He was a very, very rich man, owned a couple of uh, uh, Detroit uh, sporting teams. And um, uh, his 60-year-old son, uh, Ron, was found dead alone in a hotel room. And then, of course, uh, we all known about Billy Graham, and Billy Graham passed away uh, this past week. Uh, Billy Graham was uh, 99 years old. His son Franklin is on his right there. I'm going to come back and talk about all of these things in a little while. 
But as I contemplated these, uh, I began to reflect on my own life. And, I, and I, I don't know if you ever do this where you kind of stop once in a while and just kind of think about, okay, what is the most important thing to me? What am I, what am I giving my time and attention and, and what am I committing myself to? What, what things that I uh, have or things around me do I treasure? What are the things that, uh, when I look at my life, what is the most important thing? And then I wonder about when I get to the end of my life and uh, I'm reaching that point uh, as I'm getting older, and I reflect back and what have I really accomplished in this life? What have I really done in my life that has made a difference in anybody else's life? What, what impact have I had? I, I think often of, of Billy Graham, and uh, he, he used to, to say, I, I look forward to that day when I go to heaven, and, and I hope that I will hear, hear, well done, good and faithful servant. But he said, I don't know if I will. And I think, Billy Graham, if you don't hear it, I certainly won't. I believe that Last week, Billy Graham did hear, hear that. And I pray for myself and for you that, that when we get to that point, we will be able to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. But what am I spending my time on? What am I really striving for? When I think about heaven, what will I have there that I can praise the Lord for? Besides myself, I, I don't know. But would you join me in a word of prayer as we prepare to hear from God's Word. Lord, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for the privilege that we have of coming into your house and, and to be able to sing songs as we just have, Lord, and to reflect and focus on you and rejoice and celebrate what you have done for us. We thank you, God, that you are such an amazing God who, as Courtney just read, you even provided us the faith that we can have to receive belief in you and eternal life because of that belief. We can't even muster up enough faith in ourselves to be able to do that, but you have given it to us. So we thank you for that, God. We thank you for your amazing love, and we pray that this service would bring you honor, praise, and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you would, if you'd turn in your Bibles with me right now, and we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 6. Um, it's on page 964 in your pew Bibles, uh, Matthew chapter 6, and uh, reading verses 19 through 21. Oftentimes when we think about things that are really important and treasures, we think about financial things. But here's what God's Word says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Seems pretty clear to me in this scripture that what God's Word is saying to us here is that we have a choice. We can spend all of our time and effort and uh, let me get caught up here. This is not 
working right now. Okay, thank you. We can spend all of our time and working toward earthly treasures, earthly rewards that are tre- temporary. These are things that won't last. Uh, they're, not, they're not things that we can say, well, we'll have this forever and ever. We will have this for eternity. Or, according to this scripture, the other option is we can spend some time and effort and energy. We can give our focus and attention to things that are eternal. Eternal things that are impacting people, and that's with the gospel of Jesus Christ. What we want to hope to do and our strive to do and what Scripture encourages us to do is talk to people about things that are involving eternal salvation. It's something that we have to be conscious of. It's something that we have to make effort toward. It's not something that necessarily just comes naturally. Sometimes what comes natural are the things that uh, are more are easier. It's those things where we can just go out and have a lot of fun. We can go and uh, lay up these earthly treasures. But what really counts, what really matters is the eternal. Laying up treasures in verse 20 says, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. That, that concept, that idea there is that there's nothing that diminishes or minimizes the value and importance of those things. So we're going to talk in a little while about what those things really are. So we can give our time and attention to the earthly, or we can give our time and attention to the eternal. So the question becomes, what is your treasure? What do you spend your time and energy on? What is your top priority in your personal life? If, if you were to examine your past this past week, just one week, what did you spend the majority of your time on this past week? When you think about this past month, what did you give the most time and energy to during this past month? This morning... When you got up, what did you focus your time and energy on? Just in one day. Just in a few hours. What have you spent the majority of your time on? Now, I don't want you to get me wrong. I I don't see anything wrong with being involved with other activities. Uh, Athletics are, are wonderful. We have a couple of young men in the back row, way back there, that are both uh, very good athletes, wonderful young men. But do you give all of your time and energy and attention to just the athletics, or do you think about other things like eternity and spiritual things? We, We had people up here leading us in music this morning. Is your whole focus just on music? When, you, when it comes to the Word of God, is your whole theology based only on the music that you hear or sing? Or do you actually get into the Word of God and study it and read it? And then what do you do with that? What do you do with the things from the Word of God? What do you, how do you utilize those? 
for the benefit of others, for the benefit of eternity. I, I think about this often. How much of an impact do I really have on people who mean the most to me? Am I drawing them closer to God or am I pushing them further away from God by my very lifestyle, by, by the things that I demonstrate are more important to me? Do they really see how important God is to me? Well, we have the picture up there of the Olympic medals. One of the things that these Olympians have now is they have their medals, if they've won medals. Even those who, who competed, uh, Mr. Baumgartner was in the news just yesterday. We saw him, uh, uh, and he's home relaxing and that sort of thing, but... but one of the things that I really appreciated that he said on, as he was interviewed is, you know, he, he has a son and he's, he wants to spend time and energy and, and effort on his son. And he has a cousin who's a, two, three cousins who are Christians, live in the area. You know, it, does he listen to them and, and does he bring spiritual beliefs into his, his family? You see, as Olympians... And as uh, athletes who at that level, I mean, this is the highest level of, of amateur uh, competition that there is. Uh, when they come down off of that platform, they have another platform that they can stand on, don't they? And that platform is the platform of influence. They can come down and, and they can go out into the world and they can talk to people about things that are really important. And they probably are going to be motivating young people to get involved with their sport. And they're going to be encouraging them to take up the mantle of whatever athletic event that they were involved with. But in reality of life, you know what's going to happen to those medals that they received if they received medals? They're going to sit on a shelf someplace and they're going to collect dust. Or they're probably going to hang on a wall, but that wherever they're hanging is just going to collect dust dust. And, and after a while, people are going to forget, who were those Olympians again? What, 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 was, the, what was it they did, that they did? How, how really important was their life? And, and how much did they use their platform to influence others? Well, there are some who do. Uh, some of you might recognize uh, this young lady. Uh, she was a summer uh, Olympian, uh, Gabby Douglas. Uh, Gabby Douglas won a gold medal. And what did she say? She said, I give all the glory to God. The glory goes up to Him, and the blessings fall down on me. Gabby Douglas loves Jesus Christ. She used her platform, a very public platform to witness for Jesus Christ. When she has, when she has influence uh, on other people, that's the influence that she will have. That's the one that's going to leave the most lasting impression on anybody who remembers Gabby Douglas. Now, I don't know uh, if any of the 
uh, Winter Olympians were Christian. I, I, I haven't seen anything that says that any of them stood up and, and gave any kind of a glory to God, but, but Gabby did. She had that platform. She used it for the glory of God. You have a platform. What are you using it for? What are you doing with it? Well, what about the Philadelphia Eagles? Philadelphia Eagles, uh, the coach on the right here, uh, he's holding up the Lombardi Trophy. You can see the big smile on his face. He was standing in front of millions and millions of people who were watching the post-game interviews and, and, and receiving of the Lombardi Trophy. And the announcer asked him a simple question. He said, Coach, how did you go from coaching a high school team just 10 years ago to being the head coach of the winning Super Bowl champions? And you know what the coach Peterson said? He said, I give all the praise and glory to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He used his platform. His platform of fame for that fleeting period of time to share a testimony of belief and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He glorified Him. First comment out of His mouth, I praise my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The picture on the left was taken the night before the Super Bowl. Some of you may not have even heard about this. The man in the pool is being baptized in the pool at the hotel where the Philadelphia Eagles stayed the night before the game. His teammates, many of whom have given since that Super Bowl, have given a word of testimony of faith in Jesus Christ. His teammates gathered around while he's baptized in faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, these people are using a platform. This is a platform that you and I will never have. A platform of fame, the, uh, of somebody who, who could be glorifying themselves, but instead, stop and glorify God. They use their platform to glorify God and to bring Him praise. Well, back to these two. Michael Illich on the left, worth over $6 billion. Anybody in here have $6 billion? Okay. Just don't want to, you know. When his son, Ron, on the right here, when he died, he was alone in a hotel room. My question immediately, Anne was reading this to me. Uh, we were in the car and she was reading the paper and she was reading this to me and my, the, the first question that came to my mind was how much of that money did they take with them? Over $6 billion. How much did they take to heaven or to hell or wherever they're gone? How much did they take with them when they died? And, and of course her immediate answer was of course none. How does somebody who's worth over $6 billion or part of a family worth over $6 billion die alone in a hotel room?
There's something wrong with our society when we start to say that most important thing is for us to have a bunch of money, but people are dying alone in hotel rooms or wherever else because they're not cared for. We did further research a little bit into this. Ron Illich is not even, was not even part of the family business. Obviously, probably had some other issues in his life. Mike Illich, at the end of his life, what did he leave? What hope for eternity? What promise did he leave behind? Well, then there's Billy Graham. Whole different story with Billy Graham, isn't it? Uh, Billy Graham, uh, all he ever wanted to do was talk about Jesus. You know, Billy, Billy Graham uh, is criticized by a lot of people. He's, he's criticized by people in the evangelical circles. He's, he's criticized by politicians. He's criticized by, by people in Hollywood and elsewhere. You know why? Because all he ever wanted to do was talk about his Savior, Jesus Christ. He once, he once mentioned in a message that I heard him giving, and he said, you know, the only thing that I really have to share, really have to give to people, is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why, he said, every time I speak, I include the gospel in my message. He cared about people. His son, Franklin, in comparison to the to the Illiches. His son Franklin is carrying on a ministry, a different kind of ministry, but it's a ministry impacting and reaching people for Jesus Christ throughout the world. And uh, if you're on Facebook, you saw this uh, cartoon. Uh, it says, Billy Graham, millions of people here want to say thank you. And you can see the people lined up in heaven. And of course, that's just some cartoonist version. But I, I, when I saw that, I thought, yeah, you know what? Very probably very true. There's probably a lot of people, millions probably of people. And you know what? I as I was writing this, one of the things that really came to my heart and mind was my mother used to sit and watch faithfully the Billy Graham Crusades on TV. And I'm sad to say that Billy Graham and his crusades are my only hope of seeing my mother again in heaven. Because I didn't witness to my mother. I didn't ever share with her salvation through Jesus Christ and Him alone. So my only hope is that she's one of those people in that cartoon. Standing at the gates of heaven saying, Welcome, Billy Graham. Good and faithful servant. My hope and my prayer is that my mother is there. So then I have to ask myself this question, what is the most important thing to me? What do I spend my time and energy and efforts on? What do I do? Look at verse 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where's my heart? 
Where is my heart? Where, where do I give my time, focus, and energy? What, what am I thinking about on a regular basis? On a daily basis, do I spend any time whatsoever with where my treasure is? Because where your treasure is, according to the Scripture, there your heart will be also. Where my heart is, is the thing that I give the most attention to. That which I value, that which you value, is what you will give your most time and attention to. I I hope that all of us give time and attention to sharing the gospel with people around us, those with whom we have influence. There's a saying, in fact, I just used this within the last couple of weeks in our ABF, and, and as I was preparing this message, I had to kind of do a backstep a little bit on it. The, Satan, you know, the saying, you've all heard it, is that uh, go and preach the gospel and where necessary, use words. Have you heard that? While this is a great concept, we still have to use words to share the gospel. 1 Peter 3.15 says, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Give an answer means that I have to what? Verbalize what I believe. Do you see that in this scripture? Be ready to give an answer. It's not enough for me to just live my life around people in such a way that they, they may be like me or they may uh, be attracted to something that I'm doing. But I have to be ready when they ask me that question, why do you have hope in Jesus Christ? I have to be ready to give an answer. Are you ready to give an answer? If somebody were to ask you today, You know, one of the other things that I think of is these people down at the Parkland High School who were killed last week. And I wonder if anybody had a spiritual influence on any of them and, and whether or not any of them really ever heard the gospel being presented verbally to them. That, I'm sorry, that's just the way my, my mind works, okay? Uh, I felt bad for them. I feel bad for the, the parents and the family members. But, but my immediate thought goes, but where are they now? And who had an influence on them? And did they lead them to that gate where Jesus Christ would say, come in? That is a obligation that we have here in this world we have people with whom we have influence and we have to use that for the glory of god we have to speak out for jesus christ and what i hear from so many people is but pastor hank i just i don't know how to share the gospel i i just don't know i just don't know what to say to people i i i I struggle with that i don't know i just don't know how to do it let me just read for you real quickly 1 Corinthians 15. And as I'm reading this, 
I want you to just kind of follow along and see if you see any of these things in here. 1 Corinthians 15, beginning in verse 1. This is Paul writing. He says, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved. Okay? You're saved by this gospel. Okay? If you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I re- deliver to you as of first importance what I also received. Number one, that Christ died for you. He died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures. The Bible, Old Testament had said that a Savior would come and die that way. That He was buried. He was dead. He was buried. He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. Notice that Paul keeps referring to the Scriptures. And that He appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the other apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. You see the gospel? And I've written it out there for you, and I broke it down so that there's fewer words, and there's no reason whatsoever that you can't carry this with you. And when somebody asks you, why do you believe, you can use this. Scripture. This is not Hank Steed's Scripture. This is not Pastor Brian Oberg. This is God's Word spelled out for us that says this is the Gospel by which you shall be saved. And of course, you can say, you can add to that what Jesus said of Himself. He said, I am the way to God's heaven. Not one way. I am the way. The only way to get to God's heaven. Lastly, I just want to share with you a thing that I saw on Facebook this week from the daughter of one of our former pastors, Pastor Tim Haugen. Some of you might remember him. His daughter on Facebook wrote this. She said, My mom texted me this picture as she was going through my grandpa's things. See, we all knew that he and grandma frequented Culver's. They would talk about how the cod dinner was perfect for the two of them to split. Within the past few years, every time I would talk to him, he would bring up Culver's. Fast forward to his funeral this past weekend. My cousin came up to me and said, a younger girl walked up to her and said, Hi, I'm Holly from Culver's. We loved your grandpa. He would always come in and warmly greet us. Everyone else wanted to come, but unfortunately they couldn't. She didn't know my grandpa outside of Culver's, and yet he made a small impact on her life by just being present in the visits he made to that restaurant. What impact do you have on people around you upon whom you have influence. What impact do I have on my neighbors and my, my children and grandchildren? People that I come across in restaurants. Every Tuesday morning we, we have a group of men who meet for a Bible study. And my prayer and my hope is that we are so 
gracious and kind and generous with the servers there that they would want to know more about this Jesus that we come and talk about. That's a choice that we have to make. But we, but we can't just stop and say, well, I try to live a nice life or I try to be good and I, I try this or I try that. We, we have to be ready to give an answer for what we believe. We have to be prepared to tell people about our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and we have to be ready, and men, if you would start coming forward, we have to be ready to stand up and say that Jesus Christ died on that cross for me. His blood, which is going to be represented by the, the juice that we will drink, it represents His blood, which washes away our sins. The bread represents His body, which was broken for us. Men, would you come, if you're going to be one of the servers, would you come and be ready to serve? Jesus Christ, on His last time with the whole group, was sitting around. And he took the bread. And the scriptures tell us that he took the bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body which is broken for you. And he knew when he said that, that there was going to come a time when he was going to be physically abused. And the scriptures tell us that they put a crown of thorns on his head. They took a staff and they hit it. They hit the crown, they hit him, they beat him, they spit on him. He's God and they're spitting on him, they're beating him. They're abusing him physically. That's what he was talking about when he said, this is my body that's broken for you. And then he took the cup and he says, this cup is a new covenant, covenant in my blood. That new covenant is a covenant of hope and promise of eternity spent in heaven with God because of His blood which washes away our sins. And in the eyes of God, we are now seen as pure and clean and holy, not because of anything that we have done, not because of anything that we can accomplish, but because of His finished work on the cross. You see, that's the gospel that you and I have that we can share with people. We don't have to, have a, we don't have to be able to stand in a, in, a, in a church pulpit. We have a pulpit with people with whom we have influence where we can just go and tell them about this Jesus. And sometimes it might be as simple as to say, you know what, you ever take communion? When you break the bread, think about Jesus Christ who loved us so much that He came to this earth and had His body broken for us. And you know, when you take the cup, when you're taking that cup, remember Christ's blood, which was poured out for the remission or the removal of our sins. We were made holy. That's all you have to say. 
How much greater love is there than that, that God left heaven? God the Son left heaven and came down to earth and allowed himself to have this happen to him. Well, I want to give you an opportunity to just kind of prepare your heart and mind for receiving the elements, and if you would do that, if there's something or somebody that you know you have to get right with somebody else, just kind of make a commitment that, Lord, today is the day I will do that, and then I'll lead us in a prayer for the bread. Lord God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth that we can lean on, which is the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're grateful, Jesus, that you came into this world and though you lived a perfect life, you were hated by men and they took you and they crucified you. But God, we thank you that you raised our Savior back to life again. Because you raised him to back to life, we have that hope and the promise of spending eternity with you in heaven. So today, Jesus, as we take the bread, we remember your words, which you said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So we do that today, Lord. We take the bread and we eat it in remembrance of your amazing sacrifice. God, who was abused because of our sins. Thank you, Lord, for this reminder to us of your broken body in Jesus' name. Amen.